The reason we're here, y'all, is not just to win football games, but to reach your hearts through something you love. We want to make you better. And then as, to, as individuals, if you get better, and then you get better as a team, you might start seeing that if you do something for somebody other than yourself, that you might be better for it. Welcome to Football on Film, presented by theworldoffootball.com. It is here we will discuss the good, the bad, and the downright curious depictions of our beloved game of football from the silver screen. I'm your host, Adam Snow, along with my father and the founder of theworldoffootball.com, Randy Snow. How are you doing on this fine day? I'm doing really good. We just watched a great documentary together and and haven't talked about it yet, so it's going to be interesting to get your take on oh, uh, yeah. what you and I just saw. Fre- fresh off of you yep. in it, uh, just turned it off and w- went right yep. to the microphones. Yep. Uh, and if you haven't seen the title, today on the show we will be discussing the 2011 documentary, Undefeated. Uh, here's the quick synopsis for it. Uh, set in the inner city of Memphis, Undefeated chronicles the Manassas Tigers 2009 football season on and off the field as they strive to win their first playoff game in the high school's 110-year history. A perennial whipping boy in recent decades, Manassas has gone so far as to sell their home games to the highest bidder, but all that has changed in the spring of 2004 when Bill Courtney, a former high school football coach turned lumber salesman, volunteered to lend a hand. So, when did you first hear about this documentary? Well, I think I heard about it when it first came out, but at the time, I don't know, I, I didn't like some of the previews that I had seen, and I just I really had no interest in seeing it, but uh, it was really, really good. It was a good documentary that, that I would highly recommend anybody to see. Yep, uh, released on March 13th of 2011 at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. Uh, the film is directed by Daniel Lindsay and T.J. Martin, and... Uh, to your surprise, I bet you didn't know it was a uh, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. I did not so know another high-scoring uh, football movie we're about to talk about. Okay. Uh, I think I remember seeing this film uh, at least advertised around. I think it might have been during the Oscars when it was because uh, it was up for the best documentary feature and okay. won in the 2012 Oscars, and I believe I was watching them at the time. Okay. So it was always kind of on my radar, and it has literally been sitting in my Netflix queue for <laughs> a couple of years. Yet you had to come over here to my house and watch it and, on my Netflix. Well, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but we watched it together for the first time. Right. That was the main right. thing. Yep. And it just... It was a good enough excuse doing this podcast was uh, just the right excuse we needed to finally sit down and watch it. And we were the way that football on film is being set up is we're trying to do something a little different. So we've done uh, based on a true story, uh, college movie, and then we've done uh, comedy based on college football. Now we're doing a documentary based on high school football. And I just like getting that diversity in there. And this just seemed like the next logical step, like, all right, we'll take it in this next direction. And, uh, with it being a documentary, it is a lot different to process and review as opposed to a feature film, which is set up completely differently. Yeah. But I was very excited 
to finally get a chance to watch this. I didn't even know what it was really about, other than you assume from the title it's about a, a rags-to-riches, undefeated season type of story, which, spoiler alert, it's really not a undefeated season. Right, yeah. The, the, the title is a little misleading. Uh, they... Uh... They, they don't go undefeated the whole season, but they had a, an excellent season. Yes. Which was better than they've had in a long, long time. Uh, so it was interesting to see. Yeah, this movie, to me, it's it's a, a little bit like Last Chance You, and it, and it's part The Blind Side. Yeah. Which I know you haven't seen The Blind Side. Still haven't I mean, seen it yet, but <laughs> I, to get you to well, from the trailers, uh, it, it certainly had that element, and I was certainly thinking the same thing as we were watching it. Right, yeah. No, it, it had that feel of, of a Last Chance You kind of documentary, and, and this was made way before Last right. Chance You, so maybe Last Chance You, the producers of that, saw uh, Undefeated and maybe said, hey, we could do something similar with that, and, and uh, you know, because this, this was made, uh, gosh, probably five, six years before the first uh, season right. of Last Chance and You. And it's these types of stories that are just... They're all out there. Yeah, they're all over the place, and, and people need to hear these stories. Yep, so whether it's Last Chance You or this wonderful documentary, I'm just glad we got to see uh, just something real, and you could really empathize with a lot of things going on. And even if you know, you've know you never personally been a part of teams like this or known people that have gone through these struggles, it really just draws you in. Yeah, yeah. well, this, this documentary starts out, and we were introduced to uh, Bill Courtney, and it what caught me as strange is that when they put his name on the screen, it said volunteer head coach. So, you know, he's probably been, he's been coaching there for six years. I guess this was his sixth season and uh, he's probably never been paid for it. It's just something he does because he loves to coach and uh, he feels like this school needs him, you know, because they don't, they don't have a whole lot, even though their, their school is brand new. I mean, this looks like one of the nicest schools I've ever seen. It's nicer than the schools that you and I have gone to. Right. And uh, but this was a gorgeous high school. But still, it's an inner city school. Uh, All the players are black on this school. I did not see any white kids on the team, and the coaches were predominantly white. You know, Bill Bill Courtney is is white, and uh, but he just he just feels like he needs to be there, be there for the school. So uh, that was that was pretty weird. Uh, it started, you know, he started out as a car sa- car salesman, and then then he went on to start his own company. They they make uh, hardwood, uh, you know, it's a hardwood wood place. Yep. I don't know what they use the hardwood for, maybe for flooring <laughs> or what. But you know, raw materials that that uh, that's his company. And w- what I thought was interesting when it first starts out, one of the first things you hear is his voice going, "Oh, so and so from last year's team. Yeah, he got shot, and he's not on the team anymore." Uh, another kid, yeah, shot, not on the team anymore. So it kind of gives you the idea that uh, the the neighborhood that they're growing up in is not a very good neighborhood where there's probably a lot of gangs, a lot of drugs and whatnot. And right. and football is is trying to keep these kids off the street. And uh, you know that, that's why he's there. Certainly, and I think the other thing we get from it, and what I really thought was a huge strength of this film was you see these guys at the beginning, and you actually do see what the dedication to this sport really does for the coach and for the players. So Mm -hmm. for the coach, it's his way to better these youths and and get them and their lives on track. And then for some of these players who are kind of a mess, to be frank, I mean, we get one character, we get in not character, but we get a guy (laughs) we're introduced to, uh, named Chavis, uh, Chavis Daniels, Chavis, Chavis. And he's just cut out of juvenile, uh, right detention or right. how we like say that and he was out for the whole past season his sophomore year of high school comes back for his junior year and it's they said right off the bat nice enough kid but uh, the moment 
something just sets him off. Sets him off. He he's a hothead and yeah. just can't control himself. And you said early on in the movie, like, wow, why why is he putting up with this kid? Wouldn't you just get yeah. rid of him? Yeah. Like, yeah, I said that kid needs to be gone. He's he's messing up the whole team. And as soon as you said that, as we were watching that, I mean, I don't think I said anything. I might have not in an agreement, but the thing I found fascinating as as the documentary goes along is. You and I, you or I, if we were in that situation, we might have been a little too quick to be like, get him out of here. Right. But kudos to Bill Courtney, the head coach, for sticking with these guys and just, I think, between his uh, religious uh, beliefs and just his character, he could not give up on any of these kids. Yeah. And as much as I think he wanted to and just move on, and he says it a couple of times, like, we're get this is done. Yeah. I'm done with this. We're moving on. But he never really gives up on anybody, and I think that is a huge strength. And the backbone of this whole thing is seeing this coach just helping these kids. And say what you want, like I, I know a lot of people are always dogging on, like, "Oh, here we go, another a white man to save," you know, a bunch of black yeah. kids, like yeah. the typical story. But it, like stuff like this happens all all over the place, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter your your skin color or where you grew up. If you have the will and the drive to you know, help make other people better, you're going to do that regardless. You want to tell me you're sorry for not coming when I called you? Sorry, Coach. I know you are. It pissed me off, too. I appreciate you getting away from them and not springing when I told you not to. You backed off, did what you did, and you left because you were hot. You're not going to turn back. You're on your team. You're going to come back with me right now. Listen to me. Listen to me. Look at me. You're going to come back with me right now, and you are not going to get in a fight with him. And listen to me, and he is not going to get in a fight with you, and you're going to put the team before yourself, and you're going to be a man, and you're going to put it behind you, and he's going to be a man, he's going to put it behind you, and our team is not going to be torn apart by stupidity because we're not going to let it. Yes, sir. Will you do that for me? Yes, sir. So huge uh, admiration to this man and what he did for that season and for that team and that school, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't ready to to totally give up on Chavis, but he did suspend Chavis from the team for a number of games. I I don't remember if they said how many games he was gone, but... uh, It It was like a two or three game... uh... Yeah. Yeah, but he, so, so he didn't want to, you know, totally kick him off the team. Right. Um, so he, he suspended him for, for a few games, and when the kid came back, he he had a different attitude. Yeah. Um, yeah, he talked later on in the show about uh, how he remembered uh, how his grandmother had been to all of his games, you know, ever since he was a little kid. And uh, um, when she found out he wasn't playing, you know, she was crying because, right. you know, he wasn't playing football. And he said that's when it finally hit him that, you know, this is important, and I need to be doing this, and if it's hurting my grandmother that much, maybe I need to change my ways, and, and he did. Right, and he gave a really uh, powerful speech mm-hmm. uh, to the his teammates towards the end of the season, uh, kind of asking for their forgiveness and, and just putting himself out there, and I'll admit, I, I teared up a few times during this. A lot of it was just too, I mean, it was so raw and just hit you right in the heart. Yeah. But... Along with Chavis, we also followed several other players during the course of the season, and we also start following uh, O.C. Simpson, a 300-pound offensive lineman. Huge plays, kid. Huge kid. Yeah, I believe he played left tackle. <clears throat> He's yep. a, he was a senior the 
the 2009 season that this documentary takes place. Number 77. And, man, they show a lot of his tape of him just uh, in the previous seasons, just lighting guys up, running and making blocks. It's 300-pound kid and just catching everybody's attention. Uh, A lot of college scholarship offers. But the big thing with him was his academics and – uh, the need to get a 16, which was the low, was the low right. mark that you have right. to hit on the ACT right. uh, college placement yep. exam. College entry And exam. so his story is really interesting, and I think that this is the story that most resembles that of the blind side. Uh, yeah. having, having not seen it and just knowing what I do know about it. Right. But uh, the coach you know, sees how great of a football player he is and – He's also trying to help him with the academics, so they come up with an arrangement with his family. Uh, I believe he was just living with his grandmother. I believe so, yep. And they decide to let him live f- for a few days out of the week with yep. about, uh, about one three of the... About three days a week, I think. Yeah, live with the, uh, one, of the one of the assistant, assistant coaches. Yep. And at the same time, they were paying for him to get a tutor yep. that would come over, and then the head coach would drive over it, pick him up from the assistant coach's house, and take him to school. Right. So it a lot of dedication to these players, like we already said. So it's phenomenal. And for OC, you know, seemed like a nice kid. He, he really does tried hard. And even though he was just barely getting by on a lot of his classes, he knew he could do better. So mm-hmm. he definitely had the drive and, and the will to, you know, get himself right where he needed to go. Right. It's, it's not that his grades were, were terrible. I mean, he was a He, he was, was excelling student, in great class. But he, 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 couldn't, he couldn't score high enough on the college entrance exam. Right. He, he took it once uh, about halfway through the, the documentary, and he only scored a 12. Yeah. And the lowest he could lowest get was a 16. 16. So you know, 16 was what he was shooting for, at least. And uh, so that was, that was really disappointing because you thought, well, you know, you see all the, the highlights of him playing. It's obvious he could go on to play right. college football somewhere, whether it's at a major college or, or a small college. You know, somebody was going to offer him uh, a scholarship. But if he didn't get that 16 on that, on that entrance exam, there was no way anybody was going to touch him. Right. So that was, that was real disheartening when he, when he failed it. But. Oh, yeah. It totally felt like, you know, my soul was crushed mm-hmm. when you saw that score pop up on the screen. Yep. Uh, and one of the other guys... Uh, that they highlight is a kid by the name of Montreal Money Brown. So yeah. they call him Money throughout yep. most of the uh, the movie. And this kid is as bright as they come. A yep. uh, lot of academic uh, awards and, yep. and praise. Yep. And one of the shorter guys on the team, but despite him having a lot of the physical uh, disadvantages to some of his other players, he's a starting right tackle and... They say the coach even says this guy doesn't look like he could beat a guy man to man. He probably physically can't, but he he's just so mentally, so much more mentally tougher than everybody that he can hang in there and even beat a lot of kids that aren't right. or way bigger than him. Right. And you just see that throughout is just his determination. But at the same time, he's got that football was kind of his last hurrah. Right. And he. Unfortunately, yeah. gets hurt in the middle of the season. Right, he had the he had the grades to to get a scholarship, but but uh, he he knew that football was probably his way of getting into college, um, you know, to to get you know somebody to to help pay for it. But uh, yeah, he 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 wasn't very big, and uh, he just uh, uh, it, it it broke my heart when when they showed him laying on the field. He gets hurt and tore his ACL. And so he was out uh, for basically the rest of the season. Um, 
he had some doctor's visits, and uh, he thought he was ready to go back to practice and get back on the team. And the doctor said, no, I, said, I know this isn't what you want to hear, but uh, you, you need a couple extra weeks of, of rehab uh, before I'll let you go back and play. And that just that crushed him because he wanted to play so bad. But, yeah, he was a, a very bright kid and, and uh, had, a, had a great future ahead of him. But this, uh, this injury just really uh, tore him apart because all he wanted to do was play football. And I did. I say O.C. Brown. Yes. Okay. Good. I kept thinking I, I might have missed his last name. Yeah. Just, yeah. Money's last name was Brown, and O.C.'s last name was Brown. No too. relation that we know. Yeah, of. That not that I know of. And we'll talk about where they end up at the end. Mm. But um, so they start off their season. Uh, and and the cool thing, not maybe cool, but the interesting thing was they talk about when the coach got there, the only way to get their school's athletics or the football program funded, was to basically be that team that got paid to go get creamed yes. at other schools. Kind of like what you see in college yeah, football. you see that in college I've never time. heard about this for high school. Never in high school have I heard of this, but evidently it's some... I don't know if it's still going on today, but, you know, this is back in 2009, uh, but it, uh, and if you, probably a few years before that. Uh, but, yeah, these the smaller high school teams would be paid to get on a bus, go halfway across the state, and get their butts kicked by these bigger schools that, uh, you know, were in the playoffs every year. And uh, and the coach said that, you know, uh, four or five of those games, uh, you know, of, of us going around and getting our butts kicked every year would bring in $45,000 for the athletic program, and that's what kept us going. So, yeah, that was how they funded their program was by going out and getting their butts kicked. So for years they were not winning a single game Every year, right? They'd go out there and play, but they'd be winning. 10, 0 and ten. Yeah, and maybe, maybe get a win here, one and there. or two games every year. But yeah, this coach comes and he he just kind of has to play that system the way it is until eventually they get a decent enough team on mm. the field and they don't have to really resort to doing it like that. Yeah. Uh, so they open up their season uh, in a heartbreaking loss, twenty four to twelve in their first game of the year, yep. and that's where a lot of the proverbial uh, feces hits the fan <laughs> and uh, they the team for whatever reason just something flips in their brains and they're able to turn it around and uh, start producing on the field and I don't know if it was their competition they were showing the record of some of their opponents and they weren't stellar records right. I noticed uh, especially towards the end but that still beat the team that's in front of you and this right. team was doing that and uh, they at least what was it their winning streak so it was a nine game winning streak that right right they played a 10 game regular season uh, lost the first game, then they went on to win nine their last nine games in the regular season. But even going into game number two, they started off really slow. They were down twenty yep. to nothing yep. at halftime, and oh, it was know. kind of from this point on that this team is more known as a second half team. All right, listen up. We've done all the things that we told you you had to not do, and you're down twenty nothing. That's it. Now here's the deal. This is an unbelievably good opportunity. You come back from that, now you're talking about something. You lay down on that, well, then you forgot what we're about. I do not want to see anybody dropping their head. I want to see us get a stop and score and see what happens. Can we do that? Yes, sir. Uh, so at the end of that, Second game against uh, a school that apparently there's a lot of bad blood there because they oh, were, yeah. oh that was the one where security was telling players hey don't interact with uh, the other team get just you know let us handle that 
it was kind of uh, unnerving just to be like, wow, like yeah. I couldn't believe some of this. Like fights could just break out at any time for yep. one team winning and the other team losing. But they came back and they won twenty eight to twenty, so they scored twenty eight unanswered points in the second half to win that game and, and shut out the other team. And shut out now. the other team. And, and at that point, I was like, yeah, maybe that other team. If they're saying what they've been saying about, be careful. I was waiting for something worse to happen. And when the coach was going to shake hands with the other team, the security was like, nope. Yeah. Uh, yeah this isn't was, good. There was security all over the field, and they, they would not let the two coaches meet uh, at midfield to shake hands after the yep. game. And uh, they basically said, just go go your separate ways, get on your bus, go home. And the coach was even telling the kids on the sideline, you know, this is the last play. We're going to take a knee. We're going to win this game. It said, everybody put your helmets on, put your chin strap on, and as soon as this is over, head for the bus. Don't. Don't right. go over there. Don't say anything. Don't try to interact with the other team. And, and they just got the heck out of there. Yep. And I just couldn't believe the cops were all over the field uh, after that. You know, after that last play. I mean, all they, right. they were expecting the worst, and they were there to make sure nothing happened. And and uh, so yeah, nothing did happen. But wow, uh, that was that was really kind of scary. Yep. It'd be scary to be at a game like that, yeah. uh, as a fan or as a player. Yep. And from that point on, the, this team just keeps on winning and winning. They win a couple games pretty big. They win a couple of close ones, but they start getting closer and closer to something that the school has never done in its 110-year history, which we uh, talked about in the synopsis, but they're just looking for their first playoff win. Yeah. And the fact that they were just that close was was, was driving this team, and I think in the case of uh, Money, he was just like, if we make it to the playoffs, that's just one more game I could maybe get into because he kept, you know. Yeah, he missed the most of the season. He missed most of the of season, injury. and he was just always waiting. And uh, even one of his uh, therapists said, hey, your team keeps winning. I mean, you're going to get back out there yeah. eventually. And giving him a little bit of hope, but even then, it just drove him crazy not being on the right. field and not feeling like he was a part of the team because he was hurt. Yeah. And seeing all that play out was Really tough to watch. He stopped going to school and yeah, he wanted to quit. Wanted and, to quit and, altogether. And went to his house and and got him back. Yeah, and that that coach, he sacrificed his uh, a lot of quality time with his family. Yeah, uh, for helping these guys. And he even says at one point that you know he spent so much time coaching this team because they had a rough uh, uh, go at it because some of their dads weren't there for him or their family wasn't there for him that grew up in terrible conditions and yet he's feels like he's leaving his family to be like the family he's going to coach right and it was really eating away at the coach courtney to you know go through that well he he knew what they were going through because he grew up without a dad yeah and they showed all these pictures of him as a kid and it was just him and his mom all the pictures were you know his mom and, and him you know like formal pictures or casual pictures just the two of them I, they don't really say what where his dad was but uh, uh, bottom line was, yeah, he grew up without a dad. And a lot of these kids at this inner city school were in the same situation. They were living right. with their grandmas or maybe living with with their mom, but their dad was nowhere to be seen. Or maybe they'd, the dad would show up once in a while, but was not never around for him. So, yeah, he, he really felt for him. And I, I think that's what drove him. And, you know, spending so much time with these uh, inner city kids, he wasn't spending time with his own kids. Right. You know, and what was... little time he did, there was one part they showed where he's watching game film. Yep. And the kids are just trying to... Yeah, they're on the couch with him watching game film. Right. Kind of throwing in their input, but he just keeps snapping at them because yeah. he's just 
Yeah, he was really trying to focus on, on what he had to do, and, and the kids were just getting in the way. And, yeah, that was hard to watch, you know, to, yeah. see, to see a father treating his own kids like, hey, come on, I, I don't need your input. I'm, I'm working here. Right. And all they wanted to do was be with him and and uh, be a part of what he was doing. Right. So and, was, and even his uh, one of his kids was starting to play football, and yep. he, he was missing his son's games. Right. Uh, because he would be doing these team meetings that uh, would have to spring out of nowhere because of players being undisciplined or... Yep. Or something else going on. He's like, I, I have an hour and a half till my kid's game, and I'm here. Like, yeah. so a lot of, a lot of drama and tension. So if you're looking for that, like this has got a lot of stuff. I think a lot of people uh, would probably enjoy uh, watching. I mean, it, it is very powerful stuff. But we we continue to move through the season, and uh, you know they they get to the last game of the year, which is against Kingsbury, where they have a chance to win a district title. And they're able to pull it off in, in muddy conditions. Yep. I, th- I thought a lot of the, the film caught a lot of these great images of just them playing in the mud and muck, just scoring long touchdown plays, sliding in the dirt uh, or the mud after winning and you know right. sliding yep. and just showing like, how this team just kind of rallied around one another to get to this achievement. And uh, I think – uh, being undefeated in their district play or, or whatever, yeah, that that was something really special for for that school and that community because you right. could just see. I think every every game, I kind of noticed that there were more and more people. So clearly, the sure. snowball effect sure. really had its way with this, as does a lot of the sports stories where the community just gathers around this team as they roll along through their season. Right. And because they won their district with a nine and one record, they wound up having home field advantage. Uh, I think they said throughout their playoffs, so as, as, far until, as, they went, uh, as far as they went in the playoffs, they would have home field advantage. So that was kind of a big thing, too, for mm. them. And after the, that, we started getting a lot of the outside life of some of the players. So uh, money keeps getting reevaluated, and he finally eventually gets to the point where the doctors say, you're good enough to play. It's your call, though. Right. And, of course, that makes him ecstatic to get back onto the field. And in probably one of the most emotional scenes of the movie, for me at least, as they're on the practice field, he's finally all dressed up, he's out there, and he gets yanked out by the coach, and he's just like, come on, like... Yeah, what am I doing? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And we find out that one of the assistant coaches has a friend or a connection uh, with a lot of money. They they said he netted forty to $30 to $40 million or something, this right. guy, what he was worth. And this anonymous person, we never find out what this guy's name is, but he just... He had heard about Money's story and decides to give him a full ride to whatever school he wants. And I just about lost it. I couldn't, you know, the the fact that there's somebody out there, I've never met this kid, I heard about his story, and I'm just going to pay for your college kid. Right, yeah. And to see how Money reacted and to see how the coach reacted was just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was a great that was a great mo- uh, moment in, this, in the movie. Um, he... Uh, the the player just uh, you know, uh, bowed his head and and uh, you know he started crying when he found out that he was going to get a free ride to college. I right. Mean, uh, that that was a really really good moment in this in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there there's several good moments in this oh, yeah. in this whole show. And but we that was, we can't that was definitely possibly touch on all of them. But yeah. I, I mean that's why we implore you to go watch this if you haven't seen it. And I'm sorry if we're spoiling it for you. <laughs> then why are you listening to yeah, it? Yeah. Well, you know we, we're into spoilers here. We're, yes. we're not we're not hiding anything. We're going to tell you what it's all about. Yeah. And, and I think regardless, even knowing a lot of this stuff, just to see it all kind of 
a domino effect into one another is uh, a really a rewarding experience, yes. a, a really powerful experience. And then we also get OC getting his second attempt to take the ACT. The second time goes far better, and he gets that 16 yeah. that he needed to Scored hit. just enough. To and uh, he accepted a bid or a scholarship yep. to uh, Southern, Miss. Southern Mississippi. Yep. Uh, obviously, the team was ecstatic to hear about that, and yep. for him to actually get to college ball with the talent that he had was uh, just amazing to see. Yeah. And then, of course, we had we talked about uh, Chavis coming back and when he came. Thankful. What I thought was interesting when he came back in in the early part of the documentary, he was wearing number zero. Right. And and he, I think he said it was because nobody respected him or nobody nobody knew him or whatever. But he was wearing zero as as his number. When he came back, he changed his number to 35. And that was pretty symbolic that he's not the same guy that he was earlier. It's, you know, he's he's starting all over again. He's Mm -hmm. got a new number and a new attitude. And, uh, yeah, he really, he really helped the team out uh, after that. But I thought it was, it was really um, uh, cool that he, that he changed his number knowing that, you know, I don't want people to see me as I was because I used to be number zero. Now I'm somebody else. Because he came into the game. Uh, their sixth game of the season, and they were down twenty-eight to thirteen at halftime. So he came in and they put him in at defensive line. Yeah. And from that point on, he was a force of nature for that, that team. I'm and not sure what position he was playing on the team before. They never I, really showed him. I'm not sure. I thought he was a defender the whole time, but they never really talked about it. Yeah. It wasn't really highlighted. Right. But well, to, they put him in a new position, and and yeah, it was it worked out perfectly yeah. for him. It was it suited him very well. Yep, he was making tackles, and even uh, later on, they're talking about one of the other previous games before the one of the last games of the year about how he had a forced fumble, he had a, uh, almost returned an interception for a touchdown. Like, so the kid clearly had talent. It was just a matter of getting all the his marbles straight in right. his head, right. and uh, definitely produced on the field for this team. Yeah. And to see his transformation is one of the. Uh, highlights of this film. Uh, at, at the end, uh, towards the end, they they were having a like an awards night. Uh, yeah. You know, every, every every team does that. You know, they kind of give out awards for who who was the you know offensive MVP and whatever. The only thing that they really concentrated on in this particular um, awards night when he had the the whole team there, uh, they called it the Uncommon Man Award. Our Uncommon Man of the of the game was clearly Chavis. He had an onside. He had an onside kick recovery. He had an interception he should have scored on. He was all over the field on defense. And he stepped up and led. And Chavis has done some stupid crap this year. That stun he pulled at Bolivar was off the hook. But yeah, he was the uncommon man in the game. But most importantly, he's the uncommon man because he has tried to put a whole bunch of demons aside to be part of something bigger than himself. And uh Chavis was the one that they pointed out as being the Uncommon Man, and and he handed him a book, and I don't know if you caught this or not, mm. but Uncommon Man was uh, uh, was a book that was written by, and I'm I can't remember his name, um, the former coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, uh, Dungy. Dungy, yes, I believe that was a Paul. Uh, 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 
What's his Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. <laughs> I used to work with a guy named Paul Dungy. That's why. Uh, Tony Dungy book uh, called An Uncommon Man. And it was, you know, it's kind of an inspirational book. And I think that was uh, why, you know, they were given this award. And they called it the Uncommon Man Award. And so he gave him this book. And then Chavis gets up and he, he accepts the book. And then he turns right around and he, and he made a little speech himself. Yeah. And Which I alluded to earlier. Yeah. And, and he basically said that, that money you know, should be the uncommon man or that was his uncommon man because of everything that he did during the season, you know, getting hurt and then going through rehab and coming back to be, you know, a part of the team, which at that point when this award thing happened, uh, he had not been cleared to play yet. Right. So, you know, it was like uh, sometime after that that he got the word that, yeah, you can play in that final game, uh, the playoff game. So, uh, yeah, that was that was another great moment when, when Chavis, you know, said that, that money was his uncommon man, but I didn't know if you caught the fact that that's what what they was what they were giving him was that book. I, by I, Tony I knew Dungy. it was a book. I couldn't see yeah. what the book cover was. Yeah, but uh, I did realize it was a book and not like a actual like plaque or something. Yeah, but from there, uh, the team gets it into the playoffs and they host their first playoff game, and unfortunately. It was a back-and-forth game for them. Very close, all game Very long. close, and uh, field goal kicking <laughs> yeah. came down to what won and lost that game. Yeah, because, they, they missed an extra point, yeah. and that was that was the difference in the game. Otherwise, it was they were both teams were uh, head and shoulders about the same team. Yep. But just that very, one very missed match. extra point uh, set them uh, Manassas back. Yeah. And so it was a heartbreaking defeat, but the coach, of course, gives a great speech about anybody can win, but it when you don't win, do you have the strength to just pick yourself up and you know kind of dust yourself off for right. uh, not exactly what he said, but paraphrasing. Right. Yeah. Some uh, something about you know you, your your character shows more in your losses than in your wins. And and that was like that. a lot of his preaching was about character. Yep. And there was one other uh, aspect that he really focused on, but character was always a big one. He he always talked about, I've been here six years, and all I tried to teach you was character, and I can't even find 11 guys right now out there that, you know, have played with any character. And just, I think, repeating that message and just seeing his connection with those players, because when they were leaving the field, he found all three, I think he found at least two of the three right, yeah. that we follow. So yep. he finds money, yep. hugs him, kisses him on the forehead, and just you know treats them all like they're his kids. Yeah. And he, he gets really emotional talking to OC. Yep. Uh, and I got a little teary-eyed, too, because the coach couldn't even form words there for a yeah. minute. And, yeah, it took him a while to compose himself because he was so emotional. And uh, so their season ends with a disappointing playoff loss, but it was still an incredible journey, which I think goes to show it is not – the destination it is the journey and what you know got them through that season and of course at the end of the year he decided to uh call it quits with that team he knew that he needed to put a priority on his family right and uh, he went off to coach his uh at his kids school right the school that his kids were going up in yeah and uh, yeah he became the the head football coach there and uh, and and the next season, where was his first game? It was against uh, Manassas. Manassas, yep. So he goes to take on his old school. Yep. Uh, I don't remember if it said the one or not, but uh, they, yeah, they it was just uh, it was just ironic that uh, that his very first game as a head coach at a new school was back at his old school. Yeah. But yeah, one of the things he said really early in the in the documentary was that uh, a lot of people think that football builds character, but it doesn't. He said football reveals character, and, and that kind of set the tone for the whole yeah. documentary, because that's basically what it was. 
you know, uh, are these men of character? Are they, you know, how are they going to uh, uh, react when they're down at halftime? Uh, do, do they have what it takes to, to come back and win some of these games? And, and they showed them that they did. So yeah, this this was a great documentary. I'm, yes, I'm sorry I didn't see it a long time ago. Same here. But uh, you were the one that said I think we should do this documentary for one of our shows, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll finally watch it. And, and we just just got through watching it. We sat there and basically didn't talk to each other the whole time. We we're just making little notes. You got your laptop. I got my piece of paper, and I'm right. just writing stuff down and making notes on what we saw in the movie. And uh, um, it was really good. So yeah. uh, it's on Netflix. So go go look it oh, up. Oh yeah, it's, it's available, and everybody's got a Netflix now. So no excuse to not watch this. It, it is yep. uh, shy under two hours. Yep. Just Definitely watch a little ways through the credits uh, for some updates on some of the players. I guess right. we won't spoil that much, but. Uh, some very good stuff there. Yep. Um, so yeah, overall, I was very happy with this. I mean, sure, you see, oh, yep, it won a Academy Award for Best Feature Documentary, and oh, it's ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it must be good. But you kind of have to go in a little like, is the hype real? And I think the hype is real. It was a really well done. Uh, they the way they structured everything, the players they decided to focus on, because I'm sure they had. A lot of different angles that could have gone, but the way they kind of... And it took them a couple of years, because this was the 2009 season, and it didn't come out until... 2011. 2011. So clearly, they had a lot of narrowing down to do in the two years. Yeah. And uh, I think what they did, ended up doing was uh, close to perfect. I mean, as far as you documentaries and stories go, they did a real fantastic job at streamlining this thing. And yep. I didn't really feel like it was that long. I was just along for the ride. Yeah. I didn't see too many flaws in the movie. But like I said, you know, this kind of felt like uh, Last Chance You, and you wonder when you see some of these documentaries, how much are they putting on for the camera? How much is really real? How much is you know? Oh, I think today we need to show a fight between true. a couple of players. Oh, so let's 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 see a fight today. You know, I don't know how much of that was true, but uh, I'm I'm hoping that it wasn't. I'm hoping that everything that happened was real, and. Uh, it was just it was just really really good. I'm I'm ready to, to give it my rating if you're ready to to start doing if that. If you if you want to go that far, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, once you run down the rating system. All right, uh, for those of you who have not yet listened to uh, one of our football on film reviews, we, our scoring system goes as follows: uh, for the top marks, uh, a movie can get eight points, which in the football world is obviously a touchdown and a two point conversion. Uh, the second highest being seven, uh, a touchdown and a Extra point attempt. Third being the six points, which is just a touchdown in the missed PAT, like unfortunately in the film happened to uh, yeah. uh, Manassas. <laughs> yeah. That ended up causing them that game. Uh, three points, uh, which is just settling for that field goal, and zero points. Uh, the field goal was wide right, missed, blocked, what have you. Yeah. So uh, do you want to give yours first? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. All right, yeah, I'm curious. Uh, for my score, <clears throat> I'm giving it an eight. Uh, there was no missed PAT on my rating. Uh, this this was a touchdown on a two point conversion. I really really liked it. Um, can't can't uh, uh, say enough good things about it. Mm. It just it really really got to me, and uh, it's worth everybody seeing. Oh yeah, it's. I think it's fantastic. I am a little reserved. For me personally, watching it as a documentary, mm. uh, there might it might be a few things where. Like I had the same feeling you did. Like, okay, how much is how much of this was staged? Right, right. How much of this, you know, they could insert the coach driving around in a truck to narratively help us, you know, connect some story threads. Uh, at any point, like, oh, well, we have these couple things that we just need something to connect them, 
and you all you have to do is insert the coach driving around and who knows if that was 100% real. Like you said, I hope it's real. Right. And I'm not holding it against the movie too much, but I just have a little bit of reservation. that And and between that and there were some points where I was watching a lot of the football footage and wishing they would have the score kind of pop up in the corner, like keep us updated right. where they are in the game. Right. And they seldomly do that. There's a couple games they really keep you, uh, you know, along with what's going on. Some where they don't. And, and it's that's such a minor thing. But I'll still give it uh, seven points. This goes down. It scores the touchdown. It nails the extra point. It is up there. It's one of the better football movies I've seen in a while. And I would put it in a, maybe a top ten list even yeah. uh, as far as football films go. Yeah, in the first half of the documentary, they, they really went into you know uh, each and every game, uh, how they did, and, and the practice leading up to that game. And then by the last half, uh, I think the last four games that they played, which were all wins, they like did a montage where they had right. some music going, and you saw, you know, one minute you'd see a play uh, uh, against one team, and then the next play, you know, you, the other teams wearing all different color uniforms. So, right. so uh, you know, they were just throwing all these uh, scenes together, um, and and you know, and then they would just flash up the score. Oh yeah, they beat this team. Yeah, then they went on to beat this team, and here's the score of the third game, and there's the fourth one. Yeah, so they they really ran over the last part. Which, of the which happens. I mean, especially a couple of them were blowouts. So. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, if they'd have done this whole thing all season long, this would have been a five-hour documentary, right? So, but but I th- I think it was a good mix of of uh, getting down into the weeds uh, for some of the games, and then just kind of uh, you know by then you knew they were they were going to be a good team, and uh, you just had a feeling they were going to run the table on everybody else. So uh, they didn't go into too much detail on right. on the last couple games. Yep. So that's pretty much a lot of my. Uh, uh, thoughts i think we covered a lot uh, yeah. is there anything else that you want to put out there um no um i think we've we've touched on just about everything that uh, that i had written down here by hand <laughs> uh but i thought it was strange you know like i said they, they really had a nice nice high school but still they had to go through metal detectors to get into school right and, uh, that, i just thought that was that was kind of uh, strange uh to see uh, oh. But being like it's kind of like a, a local high school around here, where it's a big high school, a lot of kids go there. Right. But uh, a lot of the, you know, a lot of gang uh, issues and drugs and, right. and violence. So I think that's a lot more commonplace, and especially unfortunately now with uh, a lot of the gun control debate up there. I mean, and this was two thousand nine. Right. So I mean, we're nearly ten years removed from that and yeah. we're still kind of in that place where the, I think that's getting more commonplace now. Yeah. Yeah. The Unfortunately. Manassas, the Manassas uh, high school team, they were known as the Tigers. Yeah. And uh, I made mention that their helmets looked exactly like the Memphis Tigers. Strike, college, striking resemblance. College there, yeah. Team. Yeah. With a, the letter M with a, like a tiger jumping over it. Uh, and the, and the same blue color. I mean, yeah. it, it was exactly, I mean, my old high school was the lions and we used the Detroit lions logo. And one of the other teams that they played against, obviously was the Falcons and they were using the old, Atlanta Falcons logo right. on their helmets, but but yeah, I've just uh, uh, never never really seen uh, uh, this Memphis Tigers uh, helmet used by anybody else before. So that was that was kind of interesting when I first saw yeah. it. No, I'm I'm good. This wow, was... yeah, it was. I mean, it was. I was glad that we finally got to watch that. Yep. It, it good choice, son. It good is definitely choice. one of the better ones, and something that uh, a rarity that neither of us have seen. So it was definitely a good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this time around. Yeah, yeah. All of our reviews don't have to be Hollywood movies. These, no. some of these documentaries are really good too. And and I'd like to do some more as we go along too. We'll try to obviously disperse them out like like we've gone through so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, drama, true story, to comedy, yep. to 
a documentary. We're going to try to get as much football flavor as we can out yep. there, and especially as we try to settle on our next uh, release, which we still are working on. So, yet to be determined. Yet to be determined. So, uh, if that's all. That's all, folks. That's all for this week's review. Uh, visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo, where we post a lot of great highlights and other unique stories and pictures from all around the football world. You can even follow us on Twitter. The address there is at TWOF Kalamazoo. Check out our weekly podcast, This Week in the World of Football, hosted every Tuesday. All of our podcasts are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, so please subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think. All right, join us again in two weeks when we'll have another football film to review. Again, uh, still undetermined at this time. Right. Uh, I'm Adam Snow. I'm Randy Snow. And we'll see you all soon.